As of uh, as of um, midway through season three of Cheers, Norm Peterson is eight years younger than us now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, so chew on that. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's one for you to think about. Oh. <laughs> so, it hello went, everyone. <laughs> it went the wrong way. Oh, I like it. Oh. Yeah, no, I like it. By George, you're right. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. Yeah, welcome to Shoulders of Giants. We've got a massive app here, Sheppy. Cool, blimey, yes. indeed. Yes, well, we might as well jump straight in because also I'm very interested to hear your thoughts having watched this film recently. But just in case there are any new listener listening, uh, what is this podcast, Jimbo? And by the way, I'm Sheppy, that's Jimbo. Did you say that? No. Like, <laughs> it's a good step. <laughs> It's a well-oiled machine. It really is by now, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, look, well, look, this is a podcast that celebrates um, movies and TV, well, I'm sure, eventually. And uh, we, we are looking at alternate universes, possible other sequels, other iterations in a celebratory manner, um, nice. thinking of ways that uh, things could have been differently. Done the road not oh, travelled. The road not travelled. That's the best. That, thing. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So yes, yes, it's talking about like, oh, what if this film existed? And it's you know, it's not this is great. That the other thing is bad. In fact, some of our suggestions would make terrible films that I would love to see. But you know, do we want to see Jaws and Brody shooting those fish in a restaurant? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's huge and that keeps me awake at night but so Jimbo uh well I guess I should say well I suggested this week's um film like what if scenario and it is essentially what I suggested was the third Tim Burton Batman film so Batman Batman Returns and then what became Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever 1995 uh Val Kilmer as Batman um Jim Carrey as the Riddler, Harvey Dent being recast by Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, yeah, oh, and Nicole Kidman as the as the love interest. I think that's the main the main group. Um, and so, but in terms of what would the third Burton version with Keaton, um, where does it go after Batman Returns? So that's and uh, you know, just quick spoiler, jumpy aheady, Jimmy. Is your version of this Batman 3, 1994, 95? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. year as basically, yeah, mine too. Mine is 95. It's like 89 was Batman. Three years later, 92 was returned. So three years later makes perfect sense for like the third. And you know what? We, we were talking about Ed Wood earlier and I saw Ed Wood by coincidence today, just being that that was the film that Burton made, I guess, instead of Batman 3. But I think he could have done both. I don't know if Burton did Mars Attacks in 96 and Ed Wood, I believe, was 94. And then before that was Batman Returns. So technically, he might have been able to squeeze in a Batman 3 so without disrupting our basic timeline and continuum. So, <laughs> so, so no that was my thought. Well, exactly. But Jimbo, before we get to that, I'm, I'm so... We, you and I, as many of the films that we discuss here, um, we have a history with Batman and Batman Returns. 
of course, the first one being that we saw them both together at the cinema in 89 and 92, respectively. We were probably just old enough for this because it was a 12. I remember it was my first 12. It was the first 12. It was the first first 12 in England. There had been PG and 15, but nothing in between. And that had really hurt Licence to Kill earlier that year because that was uh, Licence to Kill. 89 was a great year for film. Licence to Kill came out and it was a 15 because it was too violent to be a PG. If 12s had existed, but they didn't for another two months, I'm saying Batman was around June or something. And it was the first 12. And the second 12, Jim, was which we also saw at the cinema no that was years later we're talking 89 (laughs) oh god second 12 i'm gonna tell you yeah one's just a little smarter than the other oh amazing canine (laughs) canine and the third was the abyss and you and i were going to go and see the abyss but we couldn't because something else shirley valentine was playing yes. for an extra week because everyone in Karani was loving shirley valentine so we never got to see the third 12 at the cinema which was a true abyss. greek tragedy Shepi, that was huge valentine. huge talk about waterworks the abyss. Oh, so, God. anyway <laughs> we should also just mention about batman is culturally phenomenally it, i think in our lifetime jimmy it was the biggest and maybe it will remain the biggest in terms of the size of the event because we just missed out on Star Wars by a matter of like six months or so. So in our lifetime and also being conscious, you know, being like 11 or 12 at that time and having that film come out and being in our wheelhouse anyway, but also like Jurassic Park was later and T2 and I'm thinking, I guess Independence Day, but nothing really, and even something like The Phantom Menace, the hype and anticipation was huge, but that was, you know, coming off the back of something pre-existing. With Batman, nothing like this had really happened before. We had the Superman Richard Donner, but Superman obviously is very different to Bats, and it was really the first, you know, big thing. I mean, okay, yes, second after Soups, but it was huge, and it, I it really had I a... Think- Everyone had a Batman t-shirt. Yeah, that's it. That's where it's going to go. Like, I feel like the merch around this was a totally different proposition, right? And it was just, this logo was everywhere. And funnily enough, yesterday, I was just at, like, the local kind of dreamworldy type place, and they had a whole Lego expo, and they had their original Batmobile, like, Batmobile as a Lego proposition for wow. a fortune, you know, like 400 bucks or something over here in Oz. That's just so it was crazy. huge. So, yeah. 89, Still... Batman. Yes, exactly. And by the way, what great design that film has. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I love that <laughs> Batman. That Batmobile is easily my favourite Batmobile from the 89 Batman. Easily. I love that Batmobile very much. It is but, a great Batmobile. Yeah, and yeah, and Returns, we went to just a quick other memory. Like we went to from school. I remember like leaving school 3.31, bang. You, me, mum and Vic yes, <laughs> zoomed yes. to the Odeon. And, uh, well, that's it. Yes. Watched it straight um, on opening night, I think, wasn't it? But, it was a Friday. I was playing football in school, which was not my natural habitat playing football anytime but at school when you're wearing those horrible shorts and you've got muddy knees and it's just freezing cold Mr Cow is shouting at you and you're just like looking at the mental clock being like okay just survive this game of footy because you're going to be picked up at the school gate by Jimbo's mum and you're going to be taken off to Guildford to go and see Batman Returns so pull it together Shepard get out of the mud stop crying 
is generally what I would say. So in that respect, going to see Batman Returns was a huge thing, of course, and that was also nice. The bat, the cat, the penguin, actually kind of a terrible tagline, but deep in my heart, very affectionate. Um, so we saw <laughs> Batman in 89, and I, and I believe we saw Batman quite a lot, you know, after that. Um, but when was the last time you saw the Batman 89 before you watched it the other day? Well, Sheppy, I really, I'm saying it's like uni, right? Which is over right. 20 years easily. Yeah. And I, I, I reckon it's longer. I give a lot of credit to uni and me revisiting some films from the past. <laughs> like, I assume over a few beers I'd have watched it. That's the 89 I, we're talking. Yeah. And, why you know, think, returns, And Returns. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Like, why you never revisited it? You know, I just don't know, Sheps. It's sort of one of those ones where it's, it is also the first... I want to say it's one of the first or second things I ever bought and owned on video, Batman. Yeah. I remember buying it um, on video. And then... I and we did just, watch it a lot. Yeah. But I, maybe maybe it's because we watched it a lot. Maybe it's because it got rebooted. Maybe it's because, in the eyes of a lot of people, Schumacher kind of started to butcher and kill the franchise, you know. And, yes, but that doesn't... They're uh, so far... The, the Schumachers are so far removed from the Burtons, it doesn't taint it. They're, they're yeah. you know, they're, it, it's very, you know, distinguishable. So I don't think that has anything to do with it generally. But, you know, obviously the Schumachers have a terrible reputation, quite rightfully so. But, okay, so you didn't see them until recently. What are your thoughts about Batman and Batman oh, Returns? Sheps, I made, I made a few notes just quickly for us on this, because, you know, when we, when we get to my pitch later... Um, mm. Uh, it's it's fair to say I don't really have an ending. <laughs> which no. I'm you not sure about the middle. An the less said about the oh. beginning. <laughs> oh, you've gone full George. But uh, but I want to you know I guess my my one bit for teach in terms of homework is you know I I went back I rewatched oh, really, on this one so great. And, um, and then and 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 with the misses as well. So the point where we watched the two, and then she was like, "Let's do forever as well." So she was in, uh, which yeah. is exciting. Um, that, that's that's going on the back <laughs> ride. Yeah, full on. That's so great. And by the way, about the misses, had G watched the films a long, long time ago, but also not for a long yeah, time. Yeah, similar, similar experience, Sheppy. And yeah. I take it then because of that suggestion that she enjoyed the the Burtons. Look, interestingly, she wasn't a massive fan of Batman 89. As mm. soon as Return started, and you feel it anyway as now, you know, looking back on it, like the, the step up in quality of storytelling wow. and just, you know, and maybe confidence, maybe who knows, is just as quite It's obvious. slick. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, so I think she enjoyed Returns more, probably. Right. Um, well, let me say this. I will say, I think I've always had Batman and Returns, they've always been very, very close, but I think ba Returns has always edged it for me. And it's, I'm sure, because of that polish, but also I love the dialogue in Returns. It's very witty, uh, very witty, yeah, clever dialogue all the way through and um, sardonic. And so I like that, very quick. Um, so, yeah, so I've all, I, I really like Returns. Um, I think both of them have slight third act wobbles, but yeah. generally speaking, um, I like. So yourself, where did they sit with you? Did you do you have a preference? Uh, I think Returns edges it as well for me, Sheppy. It's bloody dark, man. <laughs> like I just can't keep it. I mean, it's just amazing how much I got away with. You know, the Penguin's plan is yeah. to like 
kidnap all the babies and kill them. <laughs> He's going to drown them in toxic waste. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were selling Happy Meals and Burger King tie-ins with this. It's because Burton was given power, and rightfully so. Let me say my quick thought about Batman. And, and up until recently, up until very recently, really, what with the Justice League and so forth, there hasn't ever been a comic book version of Batman as done on film. Like Nolan was like, you know, heat with Batman and like crime thriller and, and Schumacher is, you know, just crazy, you know, and you know, whatever, but it's, it's crazy. And then the Burtons are like dark Gothic fairy tale, Tim Burton, Batman. And so the, it's only recently that you've had real, almost like fantasy sci-fi elements that seem like real comic book stuff. So I like, so once I sort of, it, think about Batman, the Burton Batmans, as dark gothic films, you know, they're not really superhero films, they're, then I, I really like them. And I will say, yeah, Batman Returns is my favourite Batman film altogether. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, that's a airplane quote you can do. But yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so I like, and so I agree with you on that, but it's nice with the fresh perspective. Any other thoughts then? Oh, um, Sheppy, about... I've got about seven things I wanted to say to you. So one was like, um, the, the, uh, these are just sort of throwaway pithies, really, but he, he's got, Burton has got a map, like the obsession with villain origins is just really interesting as a general yeah. sense of rule of thumb. And I've tried to pull a bit of that in my one as well, but just, you know, forever doesn't really even bother with Two-Face, you know, it's on the telly in the background. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. throwaway, you know? Um, and then um, one thing I thought was really interesting, he's not really the son of Gotham in the way that he's portrayed, certainly in the Nolans, you know, and like just, and, and actually even a little bit in forever, but he, you know, Vale has to really dig to get his backstory. Like it's well, not also, a known thing, you know. It's just no, it's really true. interesting that. No, that's very true. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also he's only. I imagine you could say he's maybe six months. He's been Batman at the beginning of '89. Like people aren't quite sure if he's real yet. That's true. So let, yeah. So let's say it's been a slow burn six months where he's just slowly been like you know getting his feet together. I would say. But yeah. Um, it's more that, about you know, Wayne they, that though, Shepi. I'm yes, talking more no, about right, Wayne no, might no, be in there. Right. He, he may throw some cool parties and stuff, and it might be, yeah. you know, a rich guy, you know. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting that I thought. Yes. Um, Do you like Keaton uh, as Bruce? Yeah, and I, I, as love that? I love him. I love him. I want more of him. I want more yeah. of him in it. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> I think he does weirdly he doesn't quite earn the moment where he kind of takes on jack with the fire stick with the poker yeah, right, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. a little bit beetlejuice that like it's a little bit like give one for the fans and beetlejuice you know a I, little I, bit. well i mean i like it if they're trying because i'm sure they're not trying to do a beetlejuice thing but i'm sure i think it's like i guess bruce is unhinged but it doesn't yeah. ever really come across you know there, there are lots of little misses in in Batman 89 and I love Batman 89 but little things like that and you know it's so lucky that he got shot in that exact place where he put the <laughs> yeah. you know what was the what was the thinking of that so you know it's little things like that that really irk me as well you know suspension of disbelief is one thing but it has to follow a certain logic and Jack 
the Joker could have just shot him in the, in the balls, in the face. So, that, but I don't want to start dissecting those two films because there are elements like that which don't quite work. In. And the Bruce Wayne thing, as if people won't know that this famous guy, his, his family were murdered and Vicky has to dig and say, his family were murdered in that alley. And those were the same eyes he had the other day. That is bullshit. Um, so, you know, you have to get over little things like that, which I'm happy to do with Batman. And you, Rosa Point, and maybe I don't want to interrupt you because I know you've got your seven That's points. That's fine, man. He does kill a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I've got that as well. Uh, a yeah, lot. Yeah. 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 And it never bothered me. Uh, but it's funny that it did bother me about the Ben Affleck. And, then, and I wonder why. And maybe because it's done like an action film, the Afflecks, whereas this one is so bizarre. It doesn't, never even occurred to me that he's taking people's <laughs> lives. Yeah. And he doesn't kill Joker, really. And he doesn't kill the Penguin. Um, but, you know, he causes their death. Certainly he causes Joker's death, but he doesn't kill. Well, I mean, but he does murder other people. Yeah, that's it. There's a lot, I mean... I think at least two off the the stairwell in that cathedral at the end. You know, right. Yes. Really, yes. really goes for it. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. I. I. Yeah. That's. I. I like it all. And yes. And he blows up that dude in Batman Returns. He blows up the factory in Batman the first, in eighty nine. So yeah. um, there's a lot uh, of that. Just quickly on your your thing with the um, bullet in the chest. Yeah. One, the only thing that could be a saving grace, and I've only just thought about it as you were saying it, is just that maybe he, oh, forgetting the Porkins detective name, but Nicholson oh, yeah, okay. shoots that sure. guy in exactly the same place. Earlier, okay. Maybe. I mean, he, and, he, and he, he went for the heart. Detective, like he's kind of, yeah. <laughs> he likes shooting people in the heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still maybe. a bit of a gamble. It's a bit gamble. one guy in the heart, and now, and that was from a long distance, and you know. Given he's a chaos yeah, agent as well, it's a, it's a stretch. Yeah. One thing that made me laugh out loud is um, Alfred. Now, there's two theories here. He really <laughs> doesn't have Bruce Wayne's back after he has his first night with Vicky Vale. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Wayne is just told that he's busy yeah. with meetings for the next couple of days or whatever. And, yeah. you because know, Kim... he's Batman. It's not even like in any world, like where he's not Batman, he's just fed her this like pack of lies because he just doesn't want to see her or whatever. <laughs> it's like, even then, Alfred has massively, inexplicably and unexcusably dropped the ball, but he's Batman and he's doing Batman stuff. And it's the anniversary his parents were killed and Alfred's like we're still gonna be here what you're talking about yeah um <laughs> Alfred's a bit of a fool sometimes yeah, maybe <laughs> here's, the, here's the counter argument Shelley. unless Alfred is playing a super long game right he's right. spiking he her curiosity to work it out. Would work it out you know I love that, and I'm going to choose to believe that. This is what someone I used to know, that she called this sort of thing a fan wank, when you go out of your way to make up things to, which excuse and you know, explain stuff. I love it, and I'm embracing this fan wank uh, because it's solid. And yes, he was trying, and maybe, maybe it is actually totally true. I'm not trying to discredit it. Maybe Sam Ham or Haim was writing that or whoever wrote that scene, and that Alfred is spiking her curiosity again it doesn't come across that way but i'm all for it yes love it love he's it. by some distance my favorite alfred still though yeah by some distance yeah. just uh... it's because all the other alfreds are variations because you can't keep doing the quintessential jeeves like stereotypical english butler which is what he is so they did the cane xsas and they did irons who's kind of scholarly and sean Pertwee in Gotham was very much the Michael Caine school. So 
yeah, because there was no one else they could do it with, you know, that well, that sort of Oscar Wilde sort of English character. You know. And so, so yeah, Goff for life. And he's my favourite as well. Uh, Defo, I love a bit of Goff. So, yes. Um, Good. So, um, yes. MVPs in both movies. I should have said this when you were saying Keaton, but, you know, but Nicholson absolutely runs Batman. He runs it. He's the reason to go back to it. And Pfeiffer, the same for Returns. Um, nice. uh, just a quickie. I think Keaton gets the Batman whisper spot on, yes. like the, the voice. It's just perfect. Yes. Like, in a it's way soft. that, like, Bale can only dream of that, like you know. What I, oh, I, I, st- yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get sucked into Balegate. I like the growly growl, shouty growl. I do, <laughs> but I do also prefer the the Keaton sort of soft, menacing. You know, yeah, it's good okay. stuff. We, I, I, I don't want to drag you in, but I do want to mention Sheppy because I don't know if we ever talk about this enough. But just you know, <laughs> I like Growly Growl what it means in Dark Knight when he breaks, nice moment. But also we get Growly Growl when he's just talking one to one with Lucius, who knows who he is. <laughs> Still a character. Come on, man. He, you know he, that's psychological. He's wearing this is my fan wank, but he's wearing the mask. He can't stop talking like that. I bet Bale was the same. He's like, and uh, cut, and he's like, okay, I'm going over here. I'm not going over to my trailer. So that's fine. Uh, I have no problem with that. But yes, you're right. It is a bit strange. Um, but yeah, fine. I'm not. I I will say in terms of voices overall, Keaton. I don't know, the way he just is as Bruce Wayne when he's kind of being the clown Bruce Wayne, but also when he's being real Bruce Wayne, when he's in the Batcave, when he's like talking with Alfred, when he's not wearing, he's wearing his like black roll neck and stuff and his his glasses and he's talking. I like that Bruce Wayne. And I better just mention in case I forget, my favorite moment in any Batman ever is in Batman Returns. And it's when all the lights come on. And I've been saying this for years, and it's when the big bat emblem shines on at the beginning. It's the introduction to Bruce Wayne. And he stands up into the, the bat signal. And it's really dramatic. And it's this low angle hero shot. But my favorite bit is just before the lights switch on. And it's just Bruce, it's Wayne Manor, and it's all dark. And all the lights are off. Alfred's shopping in town we know this because we saw him and Bruce Wayne's just what he does when he's not being Batman and he's not putting on the face of Bruce Wayne he's just sitting in the dark all the lights are off just sitting into the dark staring into the abyss I love it I love it he's probably been there for hours um (laughs) yeah he's he's a he's a psychopath I love it uh so yes yes that's good stuff were there any other things you wanted Um, to mention well two two or three just um, one was just I think they get a stunning moment in Batman Returns where they reveal him and they tear his mask off which is awesome like you know at the very end but the problem is very distractingly suddenly the eyeshadow's gone as well so he's managed to just about get his cleanser on which is an interesting decision they probably shouldn't have done that yeah I can forgive helmet hair like not existing in films but yeah the eyeshadow is clear so yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Why well, don't I just have him wearing sort of like battle paint, you know? Yeah, exactly. Do cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very, they got it very. It's very setty, Sheppy, in yes. a way that I hadn't really remembered. It's incredibly setty, which is no drama, yes. but it's really interesting. Right? I just think in terms of the yes, I mean, just in terms of the stylized Burton of it all and the fairy tale gothic of it all. Yes, it is all very, very setty, but I think in this sense it works because there's not much naturalistic about the film in the first place. Which suggests you're right, 
Burton could totally do all of this without compromising. He can get his goons to make the sets and he'll come in and film it after Edward. And yeah, we're not compromising yeah. any movies. His here. goons. <laughs> These are hardworking men and women. But yeah, sure, gaffers have names too, you know. But yeah, you get Good some point. Burton squad comes in to fuck things up. Yes. All um, right. Yes. Yeah, all good. I could I could say the other stuff as I go, actually. To be honest with you. The only other thing I'll quickly say very, is actually forever. Quickly. Oh god. Yes. That's that's exactly what I was gonna ask. What did you think of forever? I have to ask. Yeah, just um two things. Well, I, three, three things. One, it's actually a hell of a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a it's a really interesting, action-packed opening. Carrie is quite hilarious in it. I'm going to say MVP of the whole thing is probably Kilmer as Wayne, though. I think he's actually very good, Bruce Wayne. Um, nice. the Because um, the, Tommy Lee Jones is doing that classic thing where I remember hearing a, a story of him trying to meet Will Smith with funny in Men in Black until oh, he was told, be serious and you'll be funny yes, in Men in Black. Yes. And in this one, he's just trying to out-carry Carrie and it's a mistake. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, and I think the That's such uh, a good observation. Yeah, he yeah just absolutely. He, in the first seconds, like they immediately, he doesn't let a, a goon. That's why a goon was on the mind just now. But he nice. doesn't let a goon fall down a shaft. He he catches yeah. him, knocks him out with something else, and puts him down. You're yeah. like, oh, interesting Batman decision there. We're not going to kill anyone in this movie. And he's got nipples on the first suit, which I uh, thought I'd always associated Batman and Robin as the one with yes, nipples. Yes, me too. But, but actually, there's nipples on the first suit, not what on the second twist. in this one. But yeah, <laughs> twist of the nipple. Wow, that's that's a revelation. I love yeah. it. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll um, do well, no, two others later in my in my pitch. I'll do two other observations that are just consistencies of both movies that I'm bringing through. All right, into the but, I, as a final, final point, just to all of that, are you now going to watch Batman and Robin? Big question. <laughs> I was hoping for a spit take. I was, <laughs> fingers crossed for a spit take. I, uh, I, I, I mean, look, dude, it's up to you, but I, 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 I have to sign a disclaimer. I tried to watch Batman and Robin drinking beer with friends some time ago in the perfect, like, it's so bad, it's good, it's funny. Just do it. But... Um, no, I got about 20 minutes in. It's it's so bad, it's not even badly good. It's just oh it's it's ugh, it's horrid. It's horrid. <laughs> but give it a go if you feel up to it. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that. I mean, we've got well, momentum, it's fair to say. Should have been a 12 minutes to ingredient. Yeah, ride it in. Yeah, wow. And if, if Batman Forever was fun, let's see what you make to this. And Incredible. O'Donnell is sort of you know, fifty oh, percent annoying, fifty percent yeah. good. Actually, it's not as bad as I remembered him being okay. in Forever. So, well, the concept of Robin can be okay; it can be done well. But yeah, O'Donnell's got such a punchable face. Yeah, <laughs> that was meant to be Will Smith. Um, oh, apparently. really? Yeah, it was going to be. Oh no, he wanted. He auditioned. He wanted to be Robin in Batman Forever, which is crazy. Ninety-five. I guess it was around just bad boys. He'd been too tall, wouldn't he? Probably. You know I what mean, I mean? Look. I, well, yeah, a bit of a beanstalk. But, I, you know, if the Robin in Schumacher's version was always dodgy, and it's so funny because Schumacher made, you know, Lost Boys and Falling Down, which are not wacky. 
so it could have worked. It's a good scene in the circus, Sheppy, though. It's a good scene. It's well, it's well executed and it's got its dark moments and this real tension around it. And, Mm. you know, Bruce is absolutely cornered, you know, and can't beat Batman. And he does, he does try and give it all up and, you know, he does try and sacrifice himself and it's drowned out, which is also very good. Oh, Nicole Kidman doesn't hear that. (laughs) Yeah, that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Um, but all right, um, let's, yeah. let's put that behind us. Good stuff. So I assume you weren't thinking of Batman Forever when you came up with your no, no. pitch. I love it. Is it, do, should I go first? Because I was Yeah, I think so, Sheps. Let's do it. I'm really keen to hear yours. Okay, well, loving it. Let's jump, let's go for it. Um, I was trying to think of a title, obviously. Um, I didn't want to call it Batman Forever because I would never have thought of Batman Forever. I guess I don't really like that title anyway. Um, but so I was thinking, what could work? And you have the obvious, you know, you have Batman, Batman Returns, so Batman Strikes Back, Batman Strikes Again. But I wanted it to be something like, I don't know, just something which had absolutely nothing to do with the film as such, but also just like a sort of, you know, an exclamation. I didn't want it to have anything to do with the film. Like, spoilers, it, it is a Two-Face film. So, you know, Batman split for example, but I wouldn't call it that because I don't know if that's me drawing on M. Night or if I would have thought of that anyway. But again, I don't want anything about the plot. So anyway, I settled because I'm thinking also at a certain point I had a revelation when I, there were certain things I've always wanted to see in the third Batman film from Burton, but some things I never considered like the title, but also what would because this isn't my third film this is Burton's third film and Burton would make different choices to me and I have to honor that um so a few casting decisions were hard for me and I'll get to that but um in terms of the title and absolutely I was thinking of Tim Burton I was thinking of Tim Burton titles and I thought of Mars Attacks which is an existing property but I just thought of that and Batman Attacks seemed to work And the next year, Tim Burton can still make Mars Attacks, but why not? He loved Mars Attacks originally, so maybe he would go for Batman Attacks. So anyway, I have Batman Attacks, 1995, directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton, Billy Dee Williams, of course, uh, Demi Moore. I was thinking mid-90s, who was, you know, an A-lister who would have, you know, so yeah, Demi Moore. Um, Robert Wall, uh, I'm bringing back Knox, uh, the reporter from Batman, uh, and also Christopher Lee. Uh, Burton loves his Hammer Horror, and he did work with Lee a bunch of times, but he hadn't at this point, he had just worked with Vincent Price in um, Edward Scissorhands, and he got to work with his hero, Christopher Lee, a few years later. But in this film, he cast Christopher Lee. Uh, so Michael Keaton is Batman. Uh, Christopher Lee is Mr. Freeze. So I've got, I've, I'm going for that now. That hurts me. And that's what I was talking about, because I, w- I always loved the character of Mr. Freeze. And I was a big, still am, a big Batman, the animated series fan from the 90s. And it was very good. And the, the Mr. Freeze in that show was Patrick Stewart, basically, or a Patrick Stewart type. And I'm a big Next Generation fan. Mid-90s, I would have swallowed my own liver 
had I seen Patrick Stewart playing Mr. Freeze. And ultimately, it could either be him or Ben Kingsley, and either would be the perfect Mr. Freeze, and obviously forget about Arnie, the, the, the comic interpretation, and certainly from the Batman animated series, this type, this bald, cold, obviously calculating, hyper-intelligent, not angry, not shouty, cold, calculated Iceman, as it were. Uh, so there's a Val Kilmer connection. Uh, so obviously Patrick Stewart would have been always my choice, and if he was busy, then Ben Kingsley. But I'm go. But but Tim Burton doesn't give a fuck. He is casting Christopher Lee as Victor Fries. Uh, so that's good stuff. Um, I'll get more into the characters in a minute. Obviously, just for people at home, Billy D. Williams was in Batman as Harvey Dent, and they were obviously planning on having him turn into Two-Face at some point, but then they, they paid him off. Apparently he got paid for Batman Forever because he had signed a contract to play dead. So they paid him and then they hired Lee Jones. Um, Billy D. Williams obviously is famous for playing Lando Calrissian. And, you know, he did a series of adverts which he's famous for in America, but generally I think it's safe to say he's only really Lando Calrissian and he probably couldn't believe his luck when he got cast in 89 Batman and was rubbing his hands together for like five, six years before the third one came out. But anyway, he's back here, baby. Um, so let me just get into it. Uh, oh, and also about Knox and actually about Billy Dee's Harvey Dent. So in this reality, in Batman Returns, Knox is in it. Um, not as a major character, but he, you know, there were plenty of scenes where like, hey, Mr. Cobblebath, Mr. Cobblebath, and all that sort of thing. So he could have been there. He could have something very minor to do with what like, he killed, he pushed the ice princess. Batman would never do that. You know, he's there, he's a presence, and he has a minor contribution, but nothing serious. But he's there, and the same with Harvey Dent in Batman Returns. He's there in the same capacity as in Batman. So he's just a constant, you know, person. Maybe you have a scene in Batman Returns with Bruce, and Harvey talking together as friends, because again, the friendship of Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent in Batman Attacks is quite central, or certainly very important, uh, because Bruce and Harvey are very good friends, and I like the idea of friendship going a bit fucked up. So, so that's good. So Batman must face off against his friend, District Attorney Harvey Dent, after he is burnt with acid, revealing a dark psyche burning with hate that must be stopped. Uh, the film deals obviously really with duality, uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman, the duality there, which is real, which is controlling the other, is his dark side uh, as much a danger to innocence as the monsters he is fighting to stop. Um, now Demi Moore, her character is dealing with duality, she is the daughter of this big mob boss, uh, she, her name is Dominique Callini, um, and she was raised to fight, and she was a general in the Kalini family, as it were, the mafia type stuff, and she did horrible things, but something happened to make a change of mind, she was trying to do the right thing, her duality is she comes from this horrible world, and that was what she was raised to be, but she's trying to do the right thing, she's trying to choose to be good and make the choice, we are not governed by our anim animal instinct, we are above that and Bruce is like, ah, oh, is she right? Uh, so there's that. And of course, you know, you have uh, Two-Face, who by the way, I love Two-Face as a concept, I really do. I like the idea of dual personalities. I like the Hulk, 
I like Dr. Jekyll. Um, it's all, so I like werewolf stuff, this sort of thing. So Two-Face is a great character. By the way, Tommy Lee, not only is he trying to out-carry Carrie, but I think he sat down and watched the Joker, Nicholson, and said, oh, this is what I've got to do. And again, it's a real shame. And it's a shame that there wasn't a director to, yeah, but anyway. So this is the, uh, the door, uh, blah, blah, Two-Face. He's, he's bad, he's nasty, but his true duality is maybe, it's not light and dark, but it's a, a cleansing darkness or a destructive darkness. You know, if there's a quote, uh, he says to Batman, there is no light and dark, Bruce, there's only dark, and Batman says, and darker. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> um, Harvey is the main villain. Now, Mr. Freeze is secondary, but he isn't the focus at all. Now, Batman Returns, I love, and I love all the people, and Catwoman is an ambiguous character, really, so she doesn't count as a true villain. So you've got the Penguin, fine, and you do have Shrek, but it kind of works. But after that, it became very normal for it to be like multi-villains in a Batman film. And that's not what I want in this. And that's what also why I didn't want the Riddler, because the Riddler deserves his own film. Uh, I've even got that down. Like Batman 4 is the Riddler. Um, Mr. Freeze is a bit like how Scarecrow is in Batman Begins. He's, he's in it, he's top heavy. He's, he's a big focus because it takes a while for you know, Harvey to get acided it doesn't happen straight away so um so he's a big threat to begin and then at a certain point he goes off to prison and he won't be seen again until perhaps the next film but he gets his own film as well um at some point because it just continues even if this is the last burton michael keaton makes like 10 batman films in my world i don't give a fuck so <laughs> so that's nice but in this uh so he's he's absolutely secondary um he's in maybe 35% screen time uh, at best, I would say, to uh, um, uh, heart, uh, Mr. Freeze. Two-Face, this is Two-Face's film. Um, so let's say um, Mr. Freeze is arrested at the 90-minute mark, and this is like two hours 10. So. Um, so the basic plan, the ultimate end game plan, bit of a spoiler, but I'll tell you, is to split Gotham in two, uh, one half for Dent and one for Freeze, and that's Freeze's incentive to help. I don't know if people know the, the basic backstory of Mr. Freezes. He's a scientist and his wife has this illness, so he suspends her and then this experiment goes wrong and then he, he gets really cold and shit. But it's kind of a tragic, you know, character because he just wants to save his wife um, and he will, he will do anything to do it, but it's that sort of person. So he's going to get half of Gotham and it's going to be a frozen wasteland, uh, Mr. Freeze land. The other half of Gotham will be a scorched earth and it will be the Two-Face mentality. It'll be just be fucked up and horrible. Um, and and, and Two-Face will rule that half, you know. Um, so again, there's another duality bit. Uh, friendship is examined, Harvey and Bruce, themes of, en of enabling come into it and like, you know, this sort of thing. Please, Bruce letting Harvey indulge in his dark side and vice versa. Uh, there's a, okay, yeah, uh, Knox is back. Um, there's a scene, as I mentioned, I, the whole setup for Knox, there's a scene where they're all together. Um, Two-Face has prisoners and uh, he flips a coin. Batman is trying to talk him down, uh, but Two-Face cocks a gun, flips a coin, and he shoots Knox in the head um, halfway through just to really shock people and to establish it's a real sudden, like a flip, cock, bang, 
and it's like this is who I am Bruce and he's a real threat you know so because he's a little while coming into the film as well and it'll be shocking for Knox to just die suddenly like that you know uh, so, so that's exciting and I always kind of thought about that just about yeah so Batman 4 was Riddler Batman 5 is Mr Freeze with maybe a bit of poison ivy Batman 6 uh, is Ivy Catwoman, maybe, you know, so I had all this sort of plan, I'm just reading that very quickly. Um, okay, so that's the basic gist. Now I have a bit more detail to the plot, so I'll just jump straight in. The film, I was trying to approach it in terms also as the Tim Burton Batman film, but also the general structure. So the film opens with uh, Gotham and it's the opening of a huge tower bridge one of these like London Bridge type, Tower Bridge type, uh, open in the middle. It's obviously two huge Gothic, of course, towers joining over the big river in the middle of Gotham that we've never seen before. And it's um, joining two halves of Gotham. And Harvey Dent is leading the ceremony. And he's like, today, Gotham stops being a city divided, divided by war, crime, hate. Today, Gotham becomes one, united. Uh, now, maybe we even see him phone Wayne Manor. This is Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, district attorney. And, he, and we just see the phone ring. We see this very nice arm come in and it's Alfred in his nice suit. And he picks up the receiver and Harvey knows and it's established he is friends with Bruce and he knows Alfred. He's like, Alfred, it's Harvey. Um, and as they talk, it's one shot. It starts on the phone ringing and then the arm come up and then we see it's Alfred talking, but the camera continues to pull back and we see rock and darkness and bats and these huge screens. And we see that, yeah, we realize that Alfred is in the bat cave and he's chilling out, <laughs> maybe with a cuppa, and he's on the phone to Harvey. And Harvey's like, look, imagine I sound like Billy D. Williams, but like, I know it's unusual for a city official to call Wayne Manor directly and even more unusual for Bruce to do what he says he'll do, but he knows what this means to me and to the city. Bruce promised me he'd be here this time, Alfred. This time he gave me his word. And Alfred says, sir, I can assure you with the utmost of certainty that Master Bruce will be in attendance this evening. And then we cut to Batman sitting high up looking at the whole setup below and he's there and it's a sting. Uh, we see also on the big screens in the Batcave as they're talking uh, we see multiple camera angles of this big opening of this big bridge and we even see a zoomed in picture of Harvey talking on the phone which is right there in the background so Alfred is all over it. His days of messing up Vicky Vale's plans are over, he's really he's on the ball. <laughs> So Batman's up there and he's on the and he's and he's watching. Um, okay, so yeah, it's a sting, and Bats to set it up because there's this big nasty crime boss who turns out to be Demi Moore's dad. Crime boss, uh, let's just call him the boss, but Kalini. Uh, he's gonna attack and attempt to you know blow up the bridge and assassinate Dent because it would discredit all of this talk about joining the city together with the poorer areas with the main city hub, because that would be bad for drug flow business and all that sort of thing. So he's going to shut it all down. And we do discover at some point that Bruce Batman is 100% using his friend as bait without his friend knowing it. And he is in danger and it is addressed probably by Alfred at some point. And maybe after he changes, maybe it comes out then as well. But he, you know, it's, it's pretty dark. Because he, he comes very close to dying, there is an attack. Um, oh, but beforehand, he's up, he's up above, and Alfred picks up another phone, and this one's red, 
and it contacts Bruce and he's up there with like I don't know, an earpiece or a little bat walkie-talkie and Alfred you hear him say like Mr Dent asked me to convey his apprehension about your appearance tonight Master Wayne maybe if he knew he was being used by his trusted friend as bait he'd feel better and Bat softly <laughs> don't worry I'm on top of things so gangsters attack Batman attacks the gangsters they come close but they fail and uh, they get the evidence, there's a confession or something that Kalini was behind it. Kalini gets arrested, and maybe we just see that in a spinning newspaper at the end of this big opening action sequence, basically. Um, and then it ends with Batman beating up bad guys and saving Harvey, and they get the evidence to put Kalini away. And then we have a spinning newspaper saying, you know, Mark Bass arrested, Batman helps Harvey Dent, you know, all this sort of thing. So that's, yeah, that's sort of like the big thing. Um, we, we go into Bruce's friendship with Harvey. They're at a nice restaurant, very sure, maybe even the next scene. Uh, Bruce is being Bruce, but he obviously has genuine affection for Harvey, and Harvey likes Bruce, and they're just good friends. Um, we find out that Harvey will be prosecuting the boss, you know, Kalini, in court soon. Uh, Bat signal probably pops up, so Bruce has to leave early, and he's like, ah, typical. So, yeah, that's, that's Harvey. So Bruce. Batman goes to the rooftop, meets Commissioner Gordon. They're more friendly at this point. I'm saying this is, but he's been Batman like six or seven years at this point, which makes sense if this is 95 in the time. He's maybe even eight years he's been Batman at this point. So, and they have developed a real friendship, which is missing from the previous two Burtons. Um, so he's there, like, what's up, Jim? And we hear basic plot stuff. Uh, we hear about Demi Moore, uh, the boss's daughter. We find out a bit of backstory that Batman actually sent her down to prison a few years before, but she then testified against her father. So her sentence is going to be commuted. And also she stopped lots of gang war from happening in lots of testimonies and stopped them. She stopped a lot of further death. So she, she's getting out on good behavior very soon. And we see that happening. Now, then we see, I guess we're gonna see Mr. Freeze turn into Mr. Freeze, which is the basic, you know, accident happening. So that happens. Christopher Lee as Mr. Freeze, he's big. He's got that powerful voice. He's got that intensity. He's intelligent, but he's physically massive and menacing. Uh, this is obviously 1995 Christopher Lee. So old, distinguished, but still, you know, his hands of a size of like <laughs> melons. So yeah, he's, so he's he's a very effective and very you know coldly furious is his gimmick you know just and he's 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 vicious as fuck. Uh, so so we have that. His wife's in animation. His experiment goes wrong. Maybe he gets sent to the morgue, but he wakes up and kills the attendant with his icy grip. You know, gets him around the throat and his throat cracks because it's so cold. And he get he so so he escapes. He builds himself a suit. He gets his ice gun. Maybe he meets bats whilst he's robbing some science place at some point, but he escapes, obviously. Um, bats says to Jim, uh, maybe during the, the, the original talk, that, um, yeah, that Freeze will need his equipment. So, yes, so he goes after that. And uh, his love for his wife has blinded him to the difference between good and bad, right and wrong. So that's another duality, half-baked thing thrown in. And Batman's like, love can do that. So, yeah. Um, so that's all good. Yeah, he, 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 he goes and frees, steals lots of stuff. Then we get to court. Harvey is cross-examining Demi Moore. Um, 
uh, and Bruce is in the gallery watching and you know it gets into any details we haven't found out about everything we've already learned about her. Harvey says in court, you know, you caused a lot of damage to this town, to a lot of people's lives, but it seems you're turning yourself around. That's my Billy D. Williams impression. I don't think Not I've ever done it before. <laughs> Not bad, Chewbacca. So anyway, um, Bats visits her in prison. Oh yeah, so she's about to be released, but Batman, as Batman, of course, visits her in prison because he's tight with Jim to make sure she's as repentant as she says she is. He suspects that she may have designs against Dent, but she doesn't, and she is legitimately a goodie, and she is trying to do the right thing. We, there is no doubt ambiguity for a while in this film, but at a certain point, you know, she connects with Batman, and he knows all the good stuff she did do after he put her away, and maybe, you know, I don't want to have any flashbacks, but maybe, you know, she could have done something nasty, like release the toxin, but like she doesn't, she didn't, and then she let herself get arrested or something, and you know, she did the right thing, so she's on Batman's good side anyway. Um, but they realize in prison, I guess, Batman and uh, Demi Moore realize that her father has one more trick up his sleeve. With Demi's help, Bat realizes what it is. He always wears gloves, this crime boss, and he has also developed gloves that uh, are made of this like dissolvable gel that turns to acid when mixed with water. Bats finds out about it from Demi and he realizes that the boss is gonna be wearing those gloves in court. So Batman rushes to court to stop the, the acid assassination attempt, but he fails and acid gets Harvey in the face or half. Uh, so this is about maybe 50 minutes into the film at this point. We're almost half. <laughs> uh, so Two-Face is born. He sets, yeah, I know. He sets up the base of operations in the, uh, in the still-to-be-finished Gotham Towers Bridge. So those two towers and the, the moving bridge is now his, you know, it hasn't been finished yet. It's all under construction and dark and moving cogs and things like that. Um, two huge structures, perfect for his duality and duplicity. Um, so yes, oh, I also one more thing about Knox is maybe he even has a little bit of rapport with Batman. You know, he's been on the beat for long enough. So it's even more of a bummer when he then gets mm. shot in the head. Nice. Dent um, kidnaps these like sort of socialite twins because of course twins on their, I'm saying their 16th birthday, these kind of Paris Hilton, but boy and girl, but you know, maybe 22nd would be fitting for Two-Face, but 16th just seems to fit their birthday. There's this like very popular, Gotham darlings. Um, so he kidnaps them for like ransom of like, you know, $22 million each or that sort of thing. Uh, Batman saves the day, but it was a diversion. It's a nice set piece and everything. And Batman has to use his, you know, detective skills to figure stuff out. And he does save the twins, but he realizes it was a diversion because during all of that, Freeze had broken the boss man out of prison. Now everyone assumes Freeze is therefore working for the boss man, but Bats, of course, figures out the truth that Freeze and Dent are working together, but, what to, but to what end? Uh, with Demi's help, Bats tracks down Freeze in his warehouse. Um, Bats and Demi try and stop Freeze from killing her dad because Freeze has actually taken hit the boss out of prison as a diversion, but also payback for the acid working on uh, Two-Face's orders. He's like, an eye for a frozen eye or something. I don't know. Uh, and he, he kills, he kills the, uh, the mob boss and Demi screams as the boss man, her dad, is frozen and then topples and, of course, shatters. And she's like, no. Um, 
And uh, but something I've always wanted to see since uh, I saw the Batman 66 with Mr. Freeze, where Batman um, is in a huge room and Mr. Freeze lives there in the freezing cold without his suit on, but he can make little corridors of heat appear with a remote control, which are like red, so little red patterns. You can have like the whole room he can control. It's like little, like a chessboard and each little section compartment can be like filled with heat for people to survive but he can't survive in the heat. He has to be in sub-zero temps. Uh, and then like there's a lackey, you know, so, so that, that, that exists in the, in the Batman 66. So I always liked the idea of that and they could do that really cinematically with him turning it off and Batman having to run and they're all disappearing and he's jumping between the, the hot and the cold and like his cape gets left out in the cold for a second and then cracks because it's so fucking cold and all that. So um, you could do something really well with that. And of course, um, at some point there's a lackey and Freeze shrinks it down to like one, or maybe there are two lackeys and it shrinks it down to two blocks and there's just enough room for both of them. Whereas now you must fight and he puts it to one and they have to fight and one of them shoves the other one out and he freezes to death. Because you were one and then maybe he turns it off anyway because he's a fancy. <laughs> but, so, but that's used here and Batman has to you know, have this big fight with Freeze and he's turning off all the heat. And but, he, but he's Batman, so he survives. And Mr. Freeze at that point gets arrested. And that's the end for this film, basically. Maybe at the end, he's like, my time will come again, night, dark night. But yeah, I don't know. But that's, yeah, so that's, that's exciting. And of course, the dad is dead. Demi now wants to get revenge. And it's like, that's a dark path and all this stuff as well, you know. Um, <laughs> so, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. But he also, oh yeah, so Dent got to Dent got Freeze to kill the boss and to do all that and the diversion, but he also has the larger plan. Freeze has a mega gun. They're going to do that thing where they halve Gotham and that's where the penny drops. Um, and, you know, Freeze has already been caught, but the damage is done. Two-Face has the technology that Freeze perfected. It's going to happen anyway, you know, two halves. And he's probably going to freeze the prison half anyway. So... Freeze will be fine. Um, in the climax, probably in the big um, tower bridge thing, Bats fights the lackeys of Two-Face on like a massive coin, which is, you know, this huge coin, which is also in the comics, I think, on a point. So it's like in Flash Gordon, you've got the coin horizontally, like flat down, nice. but it's on like a point. So it's teetering and it's all about balance and Bats having to fight these people and it tits and it's really high up and they fall off and they probably die because it's Burton. And so that's a nice fight. And then, yes, of course, it ends with the final confrontation between Bats and Dent. Um, and, you know, Bats is trying to save him and maybe even Bats he reveals his identity if it hadn't happened sooner and he goes it's me you know i can help you and he goes oh like you tried to help me before bruce or something like that uh dent flips his coin he's like you know let me help you as well let's let fate decide and he flips his coin and he goes well they've spoken and he tries to kill batman and he will but demi saves him uh saves batman and dent dies and the bridge closes and cuts dent in two uh which is Fitting and yeah, and Harvey Dent does die because again, it's you know they don't keep their villains for sequels in this film in Burton's. So yeah, and he, he gets his legs and torso are severed, which I think you can get away with in a Burton film. Uh, so that's basically it. And then you know Demi struggling with her and everything, and he's she, at the end. He, she goes, "If I don't know if Demi, I guess Demi at the end also finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne." And at some point in this film 
she had sex with either Bruce Wayne, but I like the idea of her maybe having sex with Batman, but never finding out until later, like he kept the mask on. And maybe <laughs> you can get away with that. If the power of Burton increases with each film, I'm sure within the sort of very hardcore 12, you can have Batman sex, you know, even if it's just insinuated. But yeah, I like the idea that she is the romantic interest to Batman, but not Bruce Wayne in this film. So there's none of that, because that's done so well with the Catwoman, Selina Kyle thing anyway. Um, but even if they don't have sex, at the end, she does find out, but she says, I'm going to keep your secret, Batman, and you're good. And then they have sex, and that's the end. So that's, that's yeah. And by the way, in terms of the sequels, like I mentioned, I also thought like, um, the third one is only the Riddler, and then the fourth one, Mr. Freeze comes back. But maybe also you have Mr. Freeze with a smaller role for Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy is trying to stop Freeze because he's going to kill all the plants. So she is a baddie, but she wants to stop Freeze as well. And so she gets together with Bruce, but right at the end, she's with Bruce, and then it's the return of Catwoman. And the next film, and it's Michelle Fiverr again, so then the fifth or even sixth film at that point is it's Catwoman and Poison Ivy as the two villains and, and it's the return of Pfeiffer. So I see it all. I don't know who would direct for next films after Burton, not Schumacher, but I'm sure some visionary could come along and direct a couple of good ones. Maybe Stephen Norrington, instead of doing Blade, does it in 97. You never know. It's a good choice. I like that. Oh, and, and I have to, for a very final thing, as always, I've got a tagline. Not very good, but um, a split soul, a cold heart, a dark night. And that's the kind of cat, bat, penguin of it all. <laughs> Interesting you were saying earlier, like the bat, cat, penguin thing, like that, or cat, bat, pen bat, cat, penguin. Yeah, the, but, um, yeah, like you've always, I think you've used that as a touchstone more than you realise. Like, do you know what I mean? That's the bat, cat, penguin of all. But I actually, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Nice. Um, listen, man, lots to love there. That's just brilliant, Sheppy. I love Thanks, what you've man. done with the city and the duality and the bridge and the opening. And that's just very appropriate and brilliant and absolutely exactly where they would go if they were going down that road. I think it's just really cool. Nice. And the bridge chapping at the end is nice, brings it all together. I love the gloves as well, turning to acid. Very clever in the courtroom. I don't know if that's in the comic or not, but it was really I don't cool. think, I mean, that all, I don't know, but I didn't take that from anywhere unless it was subconscious. That, that popped in there. Thank you. I, I will say, trying to think, this whole plot came together very late. I knew certain elements, but it was only after I was thinking of who the woman would be, and I thought, Funnily enough, I was thinking mid-90s, mid-90s, who is big? And I thought Nicole Kidman. And I thought, oh no, I can't have Nicole Kidman because she was in it. So I literally seemed to reach that by myself. But yes, for a second, it was going to be um, Sandra Bullock, Hoff off heat, uh, uh, excuse me, speed. But she, you know, she would have had to have been like a young, I like the idea of Chase Meridian, actually, but I could never use it because it's not my idea. But, you know, she's an undergrad, Sandra Bullock, and she was, but then I thought of the Demi Moore and instantly she had to do that old stereotype trope she's the gangster's daughter uh, and, and then the whole plot and oh well the father has to be the acid thrower and that is from the comics um so yeah that's yeah in terms of the gangster which yeah. is also in forever i believe so yes yes so it, it all hinges on demi is what i'm saying nice good old demi well look, Shep, yeah. what i've got for you is nowhere near as i'm finished because i wanted to do other things and i just have uh, 
regrettably I'm skidding into this a little bit but I, I I've got it. a beginning at least and um so uh yeah do we have it, a title well mate you're not going to be happy with me Sheppy. I, actually I can oh. I, I probably can't even look at you because uh, I'm going to put my word over your face <laughs> because uh, you're going to probably do some spit takes and some furiousness but I've kept forever man because I like okay. the title and I'm going to go on record and say I, I like mean, look, the title I have to say that's a-okay but would you ever have thought of Batman Forever? Because you have to assume Batman Forever does not exist. Yeah. So you can't, I can't believe you, Jim Wheat, would ever have thought Batman Forever for the title. So no. that's the only reason I can't it's, allow it. It's, oh, wow, it's tricky. Well, we'll certainly name the, uh, the episode after your show because I think it's a much better title. But I do, I do like this. I like the theme of it. And there's, a, there's an element of, you know, I've got my, my, view on this was it it's kind of the third of the trilogy and there aren't going to be further ones this is it like Burton and Keaton are both throwing everything at the wall sort of thing you know and yeah. I really wanted to go down a route you'll see later of like identity is revealed to the whole of Gotham like you know I don't know whether they've done that in the comics or not you know I'm not a massive Batman I'm sure they've done everything yeah. at some point in the comics. Yeah. It's been going for a very long time. Yeah. But again, I am not massively familiar with the comics. I've read a couple of the, you know, the touchstones and a couple of random ones. But no, no. So I couldn't tell you. But it's safe to assume, but that's okay. What you don't know, you know, can't be done for. That's not plagiarism. Nice. So Keaton back, obviously, we've got um <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to give you the cast. I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to go through oh, amazing. some nice surprises. Uh, well, nice surprises. There are surprises. Um, so um, I I toyed with Freeze at first for me, and I don't know the character enough and already feel like Returns had that sort of cold, snowy vibe going yes. anyway for me. So I thought, let's, let's heat things up a little. Um, and um, I am starting with um, a Gangster. I did a quick Google on this because I didn't know, honestly, but I, I, I understand there's a guy called Maroney as well, who's sort of involved in some of this and yeah. some of the iterations. So and it is going to be a two-facer as well, um, Sheppy, this. So just spoiler nice. alert. Well, I, I hope um, so, because the whole Billy D of it all, unless you are using Tommy Lee, because that's... No, no, that's, that's... Or Kathy Lee. Never, <laughs> or the I never General thought Lee. that. Um, but yeah, so we've got Maroney attempting to kill... Um, the the bent this Benson guy, um, which is uh, the I think the the canon bit of it, and I, the way I wanted to do I'm it sorry, was just really I don't understand. Sorry, who who is Benson? I, I must have missed. I think it. he's oh God. I did this two days ago, but I think he's one of the. Um, I think he's a he's like a mob boss that's a, a rival to Falcone or something. I think I can't okay. remember. Okay, I mean, sorry, you don't have that. to remember names from the comics because I I didn't. Deliberately, I didn't name my mob boss Falcone because I only heard about him in later years through Gotham. So you can just say mob boss and rival mob boss because I. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, but anyway, look, the whole point is all he's doing, this kid, is he's, he's kind of, he's actually, well, he's not a kid, he's a bit more uh, senior than that, but he's doing the old petrol around the outside of the lair and um, he lights his match. And then, of course, and it's all in the shadows. And then I, I just I couldn't resist it because it's so stupid. But then we have Batman blow out the match, you know, like kind of appear out of nowhere and do the old, 
You're saying he's just an incredible Hulk, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. I'm hoping you get the rest. That's and not then, silly um... at all. That's cool for Batman to come out. I yeah. thought you were going to say he blew out the fire or something. Um, so no, just, I'm, just I'm so the... sorry, Jimbo. I, I think right, I missed man. the plot. So um, you've got a mob boss and he's setting fire. It's just to... it's just an opening scene. You've just got a guy outside a, a thing. like Basically, there's, there's, there's a whole mob gang playing cards or something inside. Right. Right. Sorry, mate. And then, and then essentially you've got the um, the, the the guy uh, Maroni, you know, pouring his petrol around outside, and he's going to obviously set fire to it. Batman uh, blows, it blows out, blows out the, the match. Um, we he picks up the guy, you know, that's going to arrest him, etc. A coin falls out of his pocket and tinkles on the ground. Um, and then there's a little bit of a scuffle. He manages to. Um, to get uh, clear, I've got like here. Actually, this—he's he's an older gangster. This guy, because I think he is in the comic again, but it doesn't really matter. Um, there's a foot chase through Gotham between Batman and this guy, and it, I, I'd like it to go into a fair that Gotham's having, and oh, a bit nice. of a, and into a hall of mirrors as well, and just quite a fun little sequence there. Oh, a bit, cool. lot lower key and lower budget. <laughs> You're right for that, but but I want to explore some of the similar things around the duality and that sort of stuff. Oh. Batman, and that's what I love about the Forever title: this idea of Batman being Batman forever and, and accepting it. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's quite cool. Um, and then, of course, Batman catches him. Of course, Batman delivers him to Gordon. He gives it the, you know, I'll give you them all. I'll give them all up and all that sort of stuff. So that's the end of the opening sequence. Um, we, and then we've got Harvey Dent as played by Billy D. of course. He's the crusader. I've put here set for mayor, set for president. <laughs> nice. um, and Bruce Wayne has arrived at his office for a meeting. And um, and he and Billy Dee's in a meeting. Turns out in that meeting he's with his daughter, and um, and his daughter scampers out, and she's uh, she's got Beauty and the Beast tucked under her arm. She picked this. I didn't pick it. Beauty and the Beast is referenced in the first two movies, um, which is quite nice. Um, so you just well, got the book. When is it mentioned in Returns? Uh, I think it's a Penguin and Catwoman scene when they're just talking to each other. I think it's in that moment. Um, okay. But yeah, so it's just a quite nice touch. So I, I thought I'll it. just pull that thread. So the little girl um, scampers out of the room and um, and then like, you know, Billy Dee's pure like 200 megawatt charisma. You know, it's the only time we've got for reading time sort of thing because he's so busy running for office and all the rest of it. And, um, and then basically um, and what I wanted to do is, was that, um, you know, Bruce has arrived because they're going to fight some community cause together. Um, now, I haven't got them as buddy as you have, which I love, by the way, and I can fully see Billy Dee and Keaton having fun and being old buds. Uh, but I've gone with a Dent needs reminding about Wayne's full identity and what he plays and why. You know, uh. I'm just kind of keeping that Keaton isn't really the son of Gotham that he is here. And also, like, Billy Dee Williams is just super cool apathy. He doesn't really give a shit about anything, you know. And, uh, and he's got, you know, it's the, uh, you got kids, Bruce, he's doing all that sort of stuff, you know. And, uh, he doesn't have no idea really about me. Doesn't even, probably thinks, you know, the whole movie's about him, like Billy Dee himself. Like, do you know what he thinks it's about? Cool I'm know. sure that's true for every movie he's ever um, been in. <laughs> um, anyway, and then it's just, it's literally a walk and talk. And um, it's a, like, you know, you should join me. I've just got to, you know, I've got to go in here. I've got a trial. I've got, you know, he's just super apathetic about it. I've got a guy that's flipped, you know. And um, 
anyway and of course Bruce knows exactly who that guy is because he arrested him but um then um you've got this this gangster Maroney is being uh you know interviewed by his lawyer before the trial and um and and basically, I've, I've I've got as stupid as the lawyer gives Brody a, a vial like to use, you know, slips under the table sort of thing. Nice. Billy D showboating in the trial in his charming way, holds up the coin that's found in the scene um, as part of the evidence, you know, gets the vial in the face. I've gone super traumatic here, like we want rotting flesh, we want screaming, we want the smell. <laughs> we want it wow. to be charring one of the interesting threads Sheppy, is you've got the hand buzzer guy in Batman and then you've got bloody uh, Walken in Returns like fully charred have a <laughs> yeah. fully charred face as, as that's another, great another thing. and then um, we've, we've got like a zoom into Keaton's face as Dent's family's wailing kid with the Beauty and the Beast book everything is traumatic thing you know <laughs> Roni is led away um, now uh I've gone there, cut. I'm a bit all over the place with Sheppy, but I've cut to credits at that point. I mean, I don't know that's really the time. Probably it's after he's been arrested. Um, I then, now here's, your, here's, here's the first of two little silly twists for you, Sheppy. The next is basically Robin Williams as Dr. Edward Nigma, oh, a shrink that uh, Bruce Wayne is seeing. So I'm going full Robin Williams in the 90s, big 90s glasses, big cardigan. <laughs> um and uh really um, really awesome like channeling i want to say elements of one hour photo as well as sorts of goodwill hunting as well as sorts of you know also all this little big nice. bubbly package of williams now i love i actually do enjoy kerry's performance as the riddler and he's kind of like the riddler i remember growing up a little bit um because i don't really remember honestly um the riddler from the adam west's but but I'm, I, I haven't even really pulled the Riddler thread for myself here properly. I haven't actually really got him to the point of being the Riddler. But, but I think I have gone with the, the double villain, if you know what I mean. I want him and yes. Two-Face to have as big a part together. But all yes. I've really had the time to do here is like, a, you know, I quite like um, a couple of little moments between um, Robin Williams and uh, or, Ed, or Enigma and Wayne. It's just there is a moment where with full like movie star charisma, Williams just tells the story of when I was a young man, I won a puzzle contest and I've always been most drawn to the, I've always been drawn to the most enigmatic puzzle of all people, you know, and, uh, and this is going to be the only other bit where I might incur the wrath of Sheppy, but I do love the moment, which I wouldn't have thought of in forever where Keaton's with that. Kilmer's looking at the painting and he sees the bat and Kidman's like, you know, you see what you want to see. And, uh, oh, and I just is, think yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lovely moment. I think we need something like that. Uh, the war, the war shark type painting. Mm, totally. And, yeah. and then, and then basically Williams is like, it's not the brute force that attracts me of that. Uh, Cause they get talking about that man after, after that little moment. And, and Williams is pure. It's not the force of the man; it's the speed with which he cracks the code. That's what I find enigmatic. Oh, I love you know? it. Um, and then um, I um, and and then they've got the uh, the newspaper in the office of, and in, in Williams's office, and it's got the story of you know what's happened to Dent and all this sort of stuff. And he's you know such a sad story, so much hope. And then. Um, well, Wayne's reflecting on the missed opportunity of a dense run for office, the friendship, 
And um, and then what I really wanted to pull for Batman here is kind of, it's actually hard to find someone he relates to and it's lonely at the top and all that kind of stuff. And that's maybe the vibe to go for. And there's going to be no Robin in this one, but I just kind of like, you know, that idea of it. Then I've yeah. just got cut to Dent, Two-Face in his Arkham cell, twitching, anxious. Um, he's, you know, he's he's not really ready for that environment, but he has lost his mind. And um, and because of what's happened to him, you know, and we have this, I'd like to see a little montage of the terrifying life in the asylum and he's trying to assimilate to it. Maybe snippets of other little Batman villains and characters there. Yeah. That montage either there and rinse a couple, a couple of other seasons, probably there and then, comes to a head where he's visited by a doctor um, to just come and evaluate him. And um, that doctor is Dr. Kyle, Selena Kyle. Oh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Amazing. She's back. Um, she's back immediately because I'm saying it's, it's a trilogy. We've got to throw everything at this one movie. Because um, nice. that was the other opportunity you gave with the Burton Sheppy with that last shot, right? So, of course. I love that. So it's time to get you out of here. We've got to clean up Gotham. Batman is too reactive. He's not doing enough proactively, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um that's that bubble that's the unlocking she'll she'll escape him i haven't written that or anything and then yeah. i think the only other bits i've sort of got here and these are just bits sheppy that throw throw it at you that i really wanted to, to pull a bit more but and um, i think we've got to follow enigma i think he's a very lonely guy so when he leaves his office you know he's just doing his puzzles he's trying to connect but he's too smart for everybody no one really understands him um We've got uh, Keaton in the Batcave scouring locations for Selena, so there's no Demi Moore here. It's still just Pfeiffer. Nice. I'm really going for that being the, the one that he's interested in this. And Alfred, with there's still no Joyce uh, sort of thing, so he's super obsessed with this. Um, at the next appointment, I want Enigma outright to ask Bruce why he's Batman and why he does it. And just he's totally cracked it. You know, he, he, he's, he's fooled that one. And Bruce reacts very angrily knocks him back, leaves the office, and that sort of is the inciting thing a little bit for the Riddler there. Um, nice. Now, uh, I, there's no sort of crazy TV machine thing that Jim Carrey goes off on one and forever. It's more just it's a bit more psychological, if you know what I mean, and then it's more about him trying to crack the code, but I haven't, I haven't really pulled it, Sheppy. I think the only other two things are Catman should be Catman. Catwoman should use her last life to save Bruce eventually. There's a whole nice. journey to go on there to get to that. But I think, you know, they did establish in returns that she's down to her last one. And then yeah. Batman to give up. I think he's got to give it up and pick up the mantle again within the same movie, but not as exhaustingly as a dark light rises or anything. He doesn't have to break <laughs> his back and, you know, spend the whole movie yeah. all po-faced and old. Um, but um, so I uh so I had, I'm sorry, Sheps, I haven't had a chance to fully do it, but um, but I think um, that that's kind of I, I love yours, man. I think it's it's the one I want to watch, and I think it's got the right angles and all the rest of it. Happy. Well, that's great. Well, I would watch the shit out of yours. Um, and you know, Williams was mooted at one point for the Riddler, and I would like to see a different version of Jim Carrey. You know, like a, a different Riddler you know with the strengths of the Jim Carrey Riddler but with a different director like a Burton or someone just to get a different edge out of Carrey because you know he can do it um but yeah yeah I mean you know and Tommy Lee Jones could be a good two-face but he's not and also his Riddler is just 
the mask, isn't it, Jim Carrey? There's not many extra notes to it that he's playing. That that it's it's wacky Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it would be nice to, for him to get a bit nuanced. Um, and maybe it was too early. He needed to do uh, a Peter Weir film before he could get there. I don't know. But yeah, it would have been nice. But look, Jim what Bell, I love first about of all, Robin Williams won that Shepherd. Sorry, I should have said this though. It's just that what you could really play on with Williams is both the darkness and also just his brain going off because he's that intelligent. He's that hyper intelligent, which is the bit you could really lean into. I think would be really fun. You know. Yes he'd be layering in 2,000 references a second and you'd be like, oh shit, this guy can't keep up with himself. Like, can't tame himself. And that's kind of where I want that character to go with it, you know, but... Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. And I love the, the leaning into his intelligence, like you say, like, because Bats is hyper-intelligent and to meet someone who is this crazy genius, because the Riddler is not often portrayed that way as, you know, that I've read or seen where yeah it leans into the fact that if he can build these amazing puzzles and riddles and that's his whole thinking then yeah yeah he could be proper hardcore insanity type styly which is great yeah like too intelligent by by half and it's driven him totally bonkers I love it I love it uh so no I'm all for that 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 version like you say with a little bit of the goodwill hunting that's that's neat. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. And indeed. So one thing, in case, um, does Two-Face, do you think, and the Riddler, do, do they survive this film or do they die, do you think? Well, given what we've said, they mm. probably the Riddler lives to, to kind of continue to be a bit of a nemesis, but I think Two-Face has to die. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. There's got to be that's death. That's nice. <laughs> probably and, <bad>. um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimbo, um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I mean, look, and I, I really, I, I was only sort of joking about the Batman Forever of it all. Saying that, I am interested in a title that you would come up with, but I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, a Jimbo title. I, did, I spent, honestly, about seven minutes at least scrolling <laughs> and scrolling. I don't have one, Shappy. I don't have one. Yeah. I, I went down uh, the strikes back route and all that sort of stuff. And I seem to remember you and I being a bit furious with Forever when it came <laughs> out. But I can't, I can't think Even forgetting, it. even if I loved the title Batman Forever, it is just one of those. It's like the opposite of the Diamonds Are Forever of it all, where it is called Diamonds Are Forever because at the end of all the Medicine Secrets there is itself he'll be back in Dome's Up so you can do it that time but yeah just in terms of this yeah apparently Schumacher was going to make another one called Batman Triumphant uh, with Clooney again presumably mm -hmm. if and Robin had a maybe been. Batman Legacy or something should be that's maybe it's nice. about that maybe that's that's it. nice that's, that's great Jimbo because that ties in with the whole ending of the trilogy as well and the, 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 yeah, the, the signing off Batman Legacy. I'm, 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 I'm Better than Forever, it. certainly. Yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. But even even if I liked Forever, that I, it's nothing to do with. It. It's just that wasn't you know, we would never have thought of that. So it's like the Batman Legacy. Please, yes, <laughs> I'll take it. So that's great. Uh, people, oh. uh, if, if you want to write in and say who you would like to have seen direct, let's say, a fourth Batman film after Burton left in 95 after Batman Legacy or Attacks, but they continue to make more Batman films, I'm saving, saying Stephen Norrington. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd, be, I'd love to hear suggestions and also plots, villains, who to do, how to do it. 
maybe there are some big Schumacher fans out there. Bring it on. You know, let's, let's hear about that. And then what would his third Batman film, let's say, triumphant have been like? I'm interested in it all. I like it all very much. Um, so, yes, um, I'm loving it, Jimbo. Which only leaves, if there's nothing else, then I guess you have to tell me and the viewers at home what was going to be. Because I have to say, my interest is peaked, Jimbo. It's peaked. <laughs> well, so, there's, a, um, <laughs> there's a thread, Sheppy. There's a thread to what we've talked about. Um, or at least a link, and then there's also just a, a little point to make. So we've done a, we've done some ones that I think maybe if you were going to do this podcast, you'd think we would do, and we've done some ones that you know have been ones for us. This is yeah. definitely in the for us category, <laughs> and um, and I think also is pulling a new thread, which is like it's it's not an established set of movies which have got sequels already. It is a movie which is self-contained is done and dusted that is absolutely ridiculous to sequel it actually it's weird though because you probably wouldn't feel that passionate about it if they ever did it like but it but it is stupid to do a sequel of it but right. the bottom line is it made a fortune so i guess you kind of could do a sequel yeah. to it i mean that's a lot of sequels a lot of sequels like highlander 2 where a film really seems to have a definitive ending and they make more. There are, <laughs> I guess, probably more sequels like that. And even, um, even Highlander is giving it too much credit, right? Yeah. But, a, but it has a story for you and I, or at least it has, it's part of our lineage anyway of silly movies right. for reasons. So um, I'd, I'd like you to think about a, uh, a Mrs. Doubtfire too, please. <laughs> wow. I mean, I was bracing myself for the Ruskies, but that, that is unexpected. And you can go anywhere you want to with this. It doesn't even have to be Robin Williams. It could be, you know, it could be Legacy of Mrs. Doubtfire. It could be, nice. you know, Brosnan takes up the mantle. Amazing. What a twist. You go wherever you want to go, Sheppy. That's huge. Do whatever you want. <laughs> it's so stupid. Mrs. Doubtfire too. I was actually thinking this was going to be a film that no one else had ever even heard of, but people love Mrs. Doubtfire, so yeah. this is this is still commercially viable. I think so it's a I'm, fun I'm thing for us to do. It's that kind of idea of like you know yes. the, the, the executive lunch at Fox or whoever whoever produced yes. it. You know they're like, how do we get more money out of this thing? You know, like yeah. yeah. Let's, yeah, let's be uh, that cynical. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like Hollywood to me. Mrs. Doubtfire 2, bring it on. I'm very excited, Jimbo. I'm very happy. Uh, this has been a treat. Uh, I love it all. Any, any bat words to sign us off? Think of any, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I mean, I could rip off Kevin Smith when he rips off the original and say, tune in next week, same Shoulders of Giants channel, same Shoulders of Giants time. But that's that's the best I'm going to do. In the meantime, then, I guess we can just say, I don't know, chill out. We'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at shoulderspod.com or shoulderspod at Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.